official soccer podcast. I am your host, Sulaiman Lassisi, and I'm joined over the phone from somewhere in North Carolina by my co-host, Bori Oludemi. Bori, how's it going down there on the coast of North Carolina? Hey, man, I'm living life on the beach. I'm currently at Emerald Isle in North Carolina, so it's pretty fun. Um, but I'm, hey, I'm, I'm still giving my time for the podcast because I love talking about the sport. How have you been? Sure. Thanks for showing some commitment and rubbing in the fact that you're on the beach. I'm yes. joined here today by Ethan Pradame and Anup Kumar. They're fans of the show and also they are fans next door today. So they'll be talking about their experiences supporting their respective club. I'm going to keep the clubs a secret until we start interviewing them. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I mean... I I know Ethan and Anu very well, um, and I'm, I'm actually excited that they're on. I think this is the first time we're doing we're doing uh, we have we're having two guests on the show, so hopefully it's not too chaotic. Yeah, I mean we need as much energy as we can get in the room, and seeing that they're fans of opposing clubs, hint hint, it's gonna be a very exciting show. So to yeah. kick it off, I'm gonna ask you, what's your favorite moment supporting your favorite club? Just something to set the pace for our fans in the studio today yes yeah, so for people that don't know i you know i'm a fan of ac milan um but i started to support ac milan in 2005 when they lost to liverpool in the final you know the 3-0 uh famous comeback um but two years later they beat liverpool um 2-1 in the final of the champions league and to me that's that was my favorite moment because i i also even remember the commentary of that day um and the commentator was like AC Milan are champions of Europe again, and that just almost made me cry, although I don't think I cried because my love for, for Milan at that point was just two years old. But now I would cry if we win the Champions League. Um, well, not next season because we're not, we're not in the Champions League. But um, yeah, that was my favorite moment. Yeah, I'm going to say I join you in waiting for the day when we win the Champions League again because it looks like it's going to be a long time from today, given the way the club is being managed. But I also want to say that my favorite moment actually came in the same Champions League campaign. It was in the semifinal, the game between AC Milan and Manchester United and Old Trafford. Hopefully, I'm not throwing any shots here. But in the game at Old Trafford, we lost 3-2, but Kaká had an amazing moment. I think it was Evra and Nemanja Vidic and some other player I can't remember, it left them for dead right outside the box. And that was just beauty. Beauty come alive from a soccer angel. And I really, really enjoyed just going back and watching that segment again. So the play the player you're looking for is Heinz. Uh, I will never forget that. Gabby you're right. Yeah, it was Gabby Heinz. So yeah, exactly. So it was it was just a joyful moment. It was hurt, beauty, and just Everything a player could come up with, just putting his head on the line and everything to score that goal. And if there are fans out there who haven't seen that goal or it's been a while since you saw it, go back and watch it again. That's Kaka at his finest. So with that being said, we're going to transition to Ethan and we'd like you for you to kick us off with, just tell us about your favorite club. Yes, yeah, so I am a diehard Manchester United fan. Um, so that was not an, as a, an exciting goal from me. Ole's on the wheel. Is that what to say? <laughs> Ole is at the wheel. He is. I, I actually, I actually want to hear Ethan say his last name well because I think uh, Salimon butchered your last name. He did a better job. We practiced. It's a uh, Peduim. Correct. Oh. Yeah. Trust me, Bori. I I try to cross my T's and dot my eyes. I tried to ask him earlier, but I, right. I just couldn't. 
<laughs> it sounded like you butchered it. That that's why I'm I'm giving you uh, crap for it's it. It's a tricky one. Yeah. So being at Manchester and a fan, Ethan, what would you? Just the same question I asked Bori. What what's your favorite moments upon the club? So I think uh, hands down one of my favorite moments was definitely facing off against Manchester City in the 2010-2011 season. Game was tied 1-1. And in comes Nani with a beautiful, beautiful cross to Wayne Rooney, who had one of the most spectacular bicycle kick goals I have ever seen in my life. And that has hands down got to be one of my favorite goals scored by Manchester United, by one of my favorite strikers against one of my least favorite teams. Of course. I actually have to say that might be the best Premier League goal, the best goal in the Premier League era that's been scored. So that's it's going to be tough to beat that one. So we're going to just do this back and forth so we can get everybody. Anoop, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us your favorite club? Yep. So my favorite club is Arsenal, the great, great Arsenal. <laughs> what time giant? Not anymore. Same same thing as AC Milan. <laughs> yeah. I can't say anything there. Yep. But uh, hopefully we're going to come back soon. Winning a Champions League for the first time would be great. So that's I'm still waiting for the first time. But at least I'm happy that Spurs lost. You're in, you're in good company here, actually. I mean, you you have supporters of teams who've won, so maybe that maybe that luck can rub <sighs> off. And, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Hopefully, before I die. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my favorite moment uh, as an Arsenal fan. I have a bunch of favorite moments, and uh, sorry, most of them are really old. So <laughs> the older, the better, right? Yep. Yeah. So one of my favorite moments was Sylvain Wiltord's goal in the last game at Old Trafford to win the English Premier League. Wiltord's Wil- goal. goal in the last game at Old Trafford or yeah. Highbury. So we had to win at oh. Old Trafford to okay, win the Premier League okay. to beat okay. Liverpool to the title. Okay. And Wiltord scores in the 71st minute to get us the title. Okay. Now, so it get better than that. New fans of the Premier League or forgetful fans of the Premier League like myself, I'm going to have to go Google that goal yep. and see. I, I know Sylvian Wiltord was a force of nature. So I have to go back and Google that goal and see how all that went down. The other favorite moment that I had, again, this is also very old. Sorry, guys. Uh, we actually had a game where we had where we were given 0% chance to win at the Bernabeu. And we went there and actually beat Real Madrid at the Bernabeu, thanks to a Thierry Henry wonder strike. Mm. Was it a 1-0? It was a 1-0 victory. And and we had Philip Senderos in defense. Man, Bori, you know, do you recall that name, Philip Senderos? Yes, Senderos played for AC Milan. Uh, Yeah, he came our way, then went back to Fulham. He was a journeyman, basically, but yeah, started out at Arsenal. Winning 1-0 at Bernabeu with Henri beating six players, that was a dream. That was Mm. wonderful. Nice. So we're going to transition and come back to present day and talk about just the transfer market a little bit. If the transfer market were to end today, how would you say your team has done? So um, as many fans probably know, Manchester United has had quite a prolific transfer market so far. Prolific. Yeah, prolific. They have been hiring. They have been signing like a big signing after big signing. Um, especially especially today, the day that we are recording was when they announced the major Maguire transfer. And now that honestly, I think I think we're gonna talk about that a little later, so I won't go into it too much, but I am I'm very excited about that. I think it's it's really gonna change the team. Um, 
and that's just that's just the start of it. We've we've managed to hold on to some of our best players. We've, I mean, again, some argument there, but we've managed to you know keep on to Rashford. We managed to re-sign Mata, who I think is going to have a pretty big face in the club still. And there's a pretty likely chance that Pogba is going to stay on and lead the team. Um, and we brought in Juan Basaka, who's just been already proving himself in preseason. Cool. So on a like an academic grade, would that be a B or an A? Probably a B. Okay. I think there's like always still room for improvement. Maybe not quite A level, but B. Pretty solid B. That sounds good. So Anup, what would you say? Yeah. So I am not very thrilled with my uh, with our transfer window. I mean, we had one good signing, which was Nicolas Pepe, for eighty million dollars. Uh, in installments, I should add. In installments, yes, we just paid them twenty million, so there's still like sixty million left. I don't know when they're gonna get it. Uh, it's probably gonna go over five years, but we don't have money, so I don't know how they even managed to get that deal done. Uh, Nicholas Pepe, I'm actually excited to see him play, but I think uh, our main focus should have been the defense. Uh, with Koscielny at thirty-four years old, he's actually our best defender right now, which is actually pretty sad. And uh, they've just not bought anybody there yet. I know there are talks of uh, Kieran Tierney coming in as a left back, but that's still a left back. And uh, we were kind of uh, uh, like linked with uh, Rogani of Juventus. Even that died because actually he wants to stay with Sari because he played with Sari before at Empoli. So that's not going to happen either. So it looks like we're not getting any new centre backs. And we just have we have Nicolas Pepe, who I think is going to do well. Nicolas Pepe, Aubameyang, and uh, Lacazette. I think that's going to be one of the best uh, strike forces in English Premier League right this season. And I'm also very excited to see Danny Ceballos play. I'm still disappointed with that deal because it's just a one-year deal, and if he plays very well, obviously he's going to go back to Real Madrid. Real Madrid is not going to give us back, give him back because well, you can see Luka Modric and Cruz declining their big time. So. Even if Ceballos has a great great season, he's going back to Real Madrid. Even if he has a bad season, it kind of sucks for us. So I'm not very excited about our transfer window. Like I'm just excited about of seeing about seeing uh, Nicolas Pepe. But overall, I would put it as a C plus at best. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's always room for improvement when you get a C plus, right? So yep. hopefully, in the next few days, maybe they can up the grade and sign someone a little more exciting. Yeah. Bore, do you have any questions for our guests in the Studio? Yeah, so I was just going to say, um, you know what they say about attack. Attack is the best defense. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't apply to Arsenal, in my opinion. I think uh, they're good. they're in a hot pickle if they don't find at least two center backs that can you know, stand on the ground and, and defend. Uh, I, I think we'll talk about, about this later on, but uh, I have a feeling Arsenal doesn't, is not going to have a good season. I see. So... With that being said, I actually want to jump into the in and out section, which is basically we're going to, between Bore and myself, we're going to name three players and get your opinion about whether they should remain at the club or whether they should leave the club. And for Arsenal, I'll go to you, Anup. What do you think about Socrates Papastopoulos, if I say that right? Yes, it is right. I mean, unless you ask Socrates. <laughs> but uh, I would keep him. I would keep him because he is our best defender right now. I mean, okay. I'm I'm actually taking a leap here and saying that Koscielny is going to leave Arsenal. Okay. Uh, after Koscielny, I kind of feel that Socrates is our best defender right now. So I would keep him. Like, I would preferably have him as a backup, number three. But as of now, he is our number one, which is a sad thing. But I'm going to keep Socrates. Cool. Bore, do you have one for Ethan? 
So for uh, United, um, Ethan, I'll ask, would you like to see Lukaku leave or stay? That's that's definitely a big one. Um, I think he's done, honestly, a pretty great job at the club. And I think he's really, really proven, to some extent, why we brought him in. I think he hasn't fit in as well as he could have. And I think he hasn't been producing as much as we were hoping. And granted, he was injured for a bit. I, I do think it's time for him to leave and find the next club. And he himself has been kind of, you know, it sounds like he's been pushing to make that move happen, to make that move to Inter or potentially Juve. And I think he honestly would be happier there. I think he would be happier elsewhere. Um, I have no negative feelings towards him. I don't I don't think Lukaku was a terrible player for us. I just think that it didn't quite work out. And it's just, you know, sometimes you have to cut your losses and it's time to, you know, let him go on to the next opportunity and hopefully find his stride somewhere else. Interesting. Do you not think that if you if United were to add a a good maybe supporting striker, then Lukaku will be back in his glory days? Because I mean, from from my experience uh, last season, uh, even though Pogba was phenomenal, he did he did good. Um, he was not enough, and and obviously obviously Alexis Ch- Sanchez was not a good supporting striker. Um, so it's one of those things where like. I feel like maybe Lukaku just needed more support and maybe maybe he didn't get the support. I get that. For me, it's a matter of what the team needs right now. And I don't think... I think Lukaku, he would fit in a great club that where he can just be, you know, just like a monster goal poacher type of role. And I don't think that's what Manchester United needs right now. We need someone who can really you know, control his touches, can um, be an all-around striker. And I don't think that's what he is right now. I think I think we need someone who can... I think we need people who can take control. Sure. And sure, sure like, yes, with, with a Pogba, Pogba or Sanchez who's playing at their best, someone like Lukaku could fit better, but that's not where we're at right now. And we sure. need to look at where we're at right now. And I don't think Lukaku fits into that. It sounds to me like ball control is the bane of Lukaku's existence. It was never the deal. I mean, Lukaku has is, is been a, a double-digit top uh, scorer in, in the EPL. Um, and I, I really don't know. I mean, I think the, maybe he's he's been nervous a lot. Or, or I don't know what's going on with him uh, in his head. But I feel like maybe the media is probably part of the problem because they scrutinize him every game, basically, from that, you know, like they, they, I think especially when Morata joined the uh, the prem, the Premier League, I think people had more fun pitching them against each other, and it was always going to be newsworthy. And, and the media was all about Lukaku comparison with with Morata, and and it seems like maybe that maybe also affected him. But um, I, I I don't know. I I think he's been a phenomenal player. I just it's it's sad that um, United is trying to let him go. I I, I personally think. Um, he he should stay, and I think if they if they have reinforcements, like I know Dybala's move is not going to happen, but if they have a a good uh, support striker, uh, I think he will be back to his glory days and scoring you know a ton of goals. Yeah, I think what they say is big money, big expectations. So once he made that move to Manchester United, it was part of the domain that he should be expected to perform at the highest level. And to do the simple things very well. That's what makes a great player. So ball control, 
you know, like staying in shape, you know, those are things I expected, the basics when it comes to playing professionally. And yes. I obviously struggled with those things. Yeah, that is correct. I agree. That's that's true. But if United get like 100 million for Lukaku, it's a great deal for United there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So with that, I'm going to move back, stay with Ethan and ask you about Paul Pogba. Mm -hmm. Should he stay or should he leave? I am definitely of the opinion that he should stay. I think he's had some trouble, but he's shown that he can be what we need him to be. I think people put a lot of expectations on him naturally, and he I think those expectations needed to be there. And I think he wasn't at the same time getting enough of the support that he needed from the fans, from the coaching staff. You know, obviously there was the huge kind of discussion around his relationship with Mourinho. Um, I think Ole has been putting a lot of trust in him. I think he's been giving him the support he needs. I think he's trying to build a team that can support Pogba because Pogba is not kind of, he can't, he's not the type of player who can really run the entire team, not in sense of like a captain, but there are some players who a team can be playing poorly and that player can completely save them. Pogba alone is not that type of player, which is why I think if we can build up a team similar to what you were saying about Lukaku, I think if we can build up a team that can give him the support he needs, I think he can take it to the next level. So Pogba stays. Mm -hmm. Bori, do you have any any questions for Anoop on who stays or who leaves Arsenal? Yes, I was. Uh, I, I'm thinking about uh, one player that was actually linked to AC Milan, uh, Lucas Torreira. Um, Anoop, do you think he should stay or leave? It seems like um, your coach uh, Unai Emery doesn't use him as often as I would think he would. He would. Yeah. So I think he should absolutely stay. He is by far our best midfielder. Like, we don't have many midfielders, first of all. And the other midfield options that we have is Granit Jaka, And we have uh, Gwendouzi. Yeah, you can say that Emery does play Jaka uh, and Gwendouzi a lot. Uh, but he did uh, play Torreira a lot at the beginning. But then, uh, at least that's what I heard, was that Torreira was not used to playing a full season with, like, no winter break. Because in Serie A, you kind of get a winter break. So he kind of lost... Uh, uh, a little bit of his energy in like early February and March. And that's why he did not play enough uh, during that stage. But uh, Torreira, as I said, is an absolute stay. And uh, we kind of need him. Like I think like Torreira and Ceballos in the center might actually turn out to be a very good midfield pairing for us this season. So an absolute, absolute stay for us. So keep your hands off. So we, we vote to keep <laughs> Milan can look elsewhere. <laughs> Well, we've 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 got Ben Sir uh, because we realized Torreira was not going to come over. Um, so we so we got uh, uh, Ben Sir to fill in the spot. Um, but no, I mean it sounds good. I think like he, like you said, him and Ceballos uh, could could definitely make a good pair. Uh, I hope they get. I, I like Torreira. I think he's a great player. So I hope they they both get to play. Uh, you know, a, a lot more often uh, this season. Sounds good. So I'm going to actually stay with. I noop and finish up the in and out questions. What do you think about Mesut Ozil? See, I, I am a fan of Mesut Ozil. I mean, I like Mesut Ozil as a player, but with the way football has gone in the last three four years, he's become more, very much a luxury player right now. And with the way Premier League is, like you know how physical it is, how intense it is. So Ozil is becoming a player that we have to play against Sheffield United or uh, Derby County My or something exactly. like that. <laughs> 
we cannot really play him against Manchester City. Then we'll be playing with 10 people. Uh, so, uh, I would keep Mesut Ozil if he takes a pay cut. Like, if he takes, like, a 60% pay cut. <laughs> but at £350,000 uh, pounds a week, I think that is a, that is way too much for Mesut Ozil. Because he's currently earning more than Sergio Aguero, Raheem Sterling. Actually, most of the players. I think Alexis Sanchez and Ozil are the highest paid players. And both of them are struggling off late. Yeah. So, uh, again, if Mesut Ozil takes a pay cut, I would keep him because he's an excellent player to have to like unlock defences. But against the big teams like Liverpool, Manchester City, yeah, we cannot have him in our starting lineup. He doesn't do enough. So, there's a bit of mixed feelings there. But I, I am a fan of Mesut Ozil. That is actually, that also echoes my thoughts because I feel like he's a great player on his best day, but he's had too many worse days and good days. So, yeah. Bird, do you have one last one for Ethan? Yes, I was thinking about um, the, the obvious one. Alexis Sanchez, um, obviously very, very bad showings in the, you know, since he joined United. Ethan, do you think he should stay or should he get one more chance? I think my sentiments are almost exactly like Anoop's about Ozil's. He's just, Sanchez has had his time. He's had his chances. He hasn't put in, I don't think, any good performances, really. Um, like, there, I can't think of a single game where I really felt like, wow, this is what Sanchez brings us. Um, Ozil at least had time where he did prove himself to some extent for the team. He provided something. Sanchez just... I mean, he didn't have that time and he didn't have that chance. And I don't think he really has earned more time or more chances. I like him as a player. He is an amazing player. He puts in he he puts in a lot of effort. He is a very driven person. I, I mean, from what I can tell, I don't know him personally, obviously, I wish. Um, but I think he's he's just taking up the company, the team's money and not really giving anything back for it. Well, isn't isn't United uh, a uh, a very rich club? They can they, they don't. You're talking about money as if you 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 need money. You, you know, you guys have money everywhere. I mean, we do and we don't. We're a bit in debt, and we're making transfers that are continuously breaking records and contracts that are continually breaking records. Um, so I kind of think I'd rather save that money to keep breaking records to sign players like Maguire and. Instead of spending them on players that are bench warmers, honestly, or like role models for reserve players. Yeah, so actually, that's a very nice segue, I think, for my next question for you, Ethan. Um, when it comes to money, um, obviously, uh, like you said earlier in the show, Harry Maguire has been signed for a whooping 80 million euros. Um, first of all, apart from the fact that Harry Maguire is, is better than a lot of your center backs, probably maybe, if not all your def, uh, center, center backs. Um, did you think the 80 million was a justified amount for Harry Maguire? That's a tricky one. Questionable, 100%. Justified, I think just barely. I think, like you said, our defense is, is struggling. I, I'm a huge fan of Lindelof. I think Lindelof can be a great defender and has been, and he's become more reliable for us. Um, I think Maguire will fit perfectly with Lindelof. I think they'll form, I, I hope they form a really strong relation. Um, the contract was for seven years, which is one of the longest I've heard a contract be for. So, I mean, obviously that, you know, doesn't excuse all of the amount, but at least provides a little bit more context around the number. Um, and I think he's just, 
what we needed right now. I think ultimately, if he can bring us trophies, if he can get us into Champions League, then that money will be justified like within a snap. So, Ethan, the reason the reason why I'm saying this whole thing is I think there are a lot of center backs that United can buy. For example, I did I actually did a little bit of research to see all the defenders that I think will fit United. Uh, for example, De Vrij of Inter Milan, he's currently worth 50 million. Adeverald is currently worth 28 million. At least that's what Tottenham is asking of Roma because he's trying to Adeverald is trying to leave uh, uh, Tottenham. Um, there's also Issa Diop of West Ham, Louis Donk who's only worth 13 million. Um, so tell me, like, do you think this was a good investment to, to spend 80 million on one player when you can probably get two of these players I've just mentioned? And if that way, even if one of them is, is hurt, the other can replace the other? I think, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, I still support the way we went. I think it's, it's hard to really get the best deal out of like things it's i mean it's always difficult to get what's the best possible option um i think what they went for sure they could have gotten someone like other world who i do really like but as soon as you start trying to negotiate with manchester united there's additional fees added on top just for it being a top club like manchester united the luxury tax the luxury tax if it's like a rival team a team that is going to be a contender there's an additional fee added on top of that Manchester United goes to Tottenham and starts negotiating for Alderweireld, that 28 quickly becomes an extra 20 for it being Manchester United and another extra 20 for it being a top four contender rival. So now you're going from 28 to 68, which sure is still less than Maguire, but I mean, Maguire is still a proven defender. He is currently in his prime. He's a consistent and solid defender and he's proven himself in the Premier League. Um, and he fits the back line as it needs to be from Manchester United. Sure, sure. No, I, I hey, not saying Maguire is a great defender. I think he would definitely boost your defense. Uh, I, I just hope he maybe, you know, he would turn out like uh, Virgil van Dijk and, and be, be, you know, play all the games for next season because I think it would really help United. And it also will help my uh, fantasy Premier League uh, <laughs> points, you know. So, uh, cool. Anyways, Anoop, uh, for you, um, I know you kind, of, you kind of alluded to this earlier uh, in the segment, but as, as we can see, um, Arsenal invested heavily in the attack. They bought Tobias, they bought um, Pe uh, Nicolas Pepe, which I'm very excited about, actually. Um, and and my, my, what's your thoughts on them not buying defenders? Like, what do you think? Do, do you think this is a good idea? And, and would you rather, would you trade Ceballos for another defender, for example? Like, would you have rather had a better center back than having Ceballos and Nicolas Pepe? I totally disagree with uh, this entire transfer window. <laughs> the thing is, like, I have no issues. Like, if we had, like, $500 million, like, uh, Manchester United over here, I would buy, <laughs> like, two or three Nicolas Pepe's. But we don't have that much money, so uh, I think we actually had to improve our defense. So I'm, I'm, I've been watching Arsenal since, uh, uh, like, Sol Campbell was our defender then. Sol Campbell was one of the best defenders like yes. England ever yes. produced, maybe. And uh, so compared to that, like compared to what we were like 15 years back, our defense was so good at that point. Like, we had uh, Martin Keown and Kolo Toure to like backing up uh, uh, Sol Campbell. And now, like, look at our defense. 
look at it. So, sure. Sambo. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we are a 34, 33 to 34 year old Lauren Koscielny is still our best defender. That says a lot. So, uh, I think we should have invested a lot more in our defense. Uh, as I as I told you as I told you guys earlier, like I think we were in for Rugani, uh, but. Uh, Juventus want five defenders because they were kind of concerned with Chiellini's fitness and also Rugani wanted to stay because of Sari because apparently he played with Sari uh, at Empoli so that kind of hit us and uh, and I also heard uh, rumors that we we, we we could have gone for Alderweireld but uh, well we they Toby Alderweireld has a no Arsenal clause in his contract so we cannot buy him because uh-huh. they've already seen Sol Campbell moving away once yeah so uh, it probably still hurts for them. It definitely does. So to add to that, actually, there's a list that Bori just lined out. DeVry, you yeah. have Michael Keane, actually, is somebody that comes to mind. You have a lot of players. So yep. why not look elsewhere? I mean, I think they were looking at Michael Keane and Everton asked for $60 million. And, uh, well, we don't have $60 million. So I think loan was the best option. That's why they tried for Rugani. Uh, Stefan DeVry, if they give him out, like $50 million, I think is a great deal for him. Yeah, great deal. And like we should actually go for him, but looks like the Arsenal board right now is just uh, hoping for Callum Chambers and Rob Holding to be like the next Virgil Van Dykes. <laughs> you know that's not going to happen, but looks like they're actually hoping for it. Uh, looking at our preseason, it looks like yeah, Callum Chambers and Socrates were starting most of the games. When Rob Holding comes back, I'm guessing Callum Chambers goes to the bench, and it's going to be Rob Holding and Socrates. But that's still not a good. Uh, Defensive partnership, like if we want to finish in our, finish in the top four. So was it Chambers who was a Fulham last season? Yes. So the setup is for Holding to start over Chambers. Is that that's is that, gonna happen okay. when Holding comes back completely okay. from injury? Okay. That looks like it's gonna happen. But as of now, I think the first game, which is next week at Newcastle, it looks like Callum Chambers and uh, Socrates are gonna start. Uh, and uh, I mean, I mean, all of you can just say that, like. Probably not the best centre-back pairing of all time. And uh, let's see what happens there. Uh, but we're still hoping for a defender. We bought a defender and we sent him back on loan. So that really doesn't help us. This <laughs> this uh, and they're thinking for the Saliba. future. If there's a silver yep. lining in that deal, it's that they're thinking for the future. Yep. Which, at this point in time, I mean, the future is now, is what I would say for Arsenal. So with that, we're going to actually lead into what I think was the reason be- behind pairing Manchester United and Arsenal on this episode, which is, what do you think is your team's, I'm going to start with you, Ethan, what do you think is your team's finishing position prediction by the time the season comes to an end? I think I think we have a really strong shot at fourth position. I don't see us winning this year, by far. <laughs> um, I think City is still going to have another like amazing year. I think they're slowly starting to kind of let up a bit. I think there's been a lot of um, challenge challenges from Liverpool and Tottenham, and I think Liverpool and Tottenham will continue to challenge. And I think we might be able to slide into the third spot potentially, but I think Tottenham and Liverpool and City will continue to keep those top three positions. And but I think United will slide in. I think they'll. I I, I don't really see. Uh, no offense, but I don't really see Arsenal kind of taking that spot over from us. And whoa, whoa, Chelsea, whoa! I see, I see Chelsea as competition, but I think we'll, I think we'll edge them out for that fourth spot. Are you and being I, hostile I, to Ethan? Are you being hostile uh, to the other guests? 
It was just a friendly laying down of truth. Yeah, and I, I have to say that we had a Chelsea fan here two episodes ago, and he also alluded to the fact that he didn't see Chelsea finish. Well, for the, for most of the show, he alluded to the fact that he didn't see Chelsea finishing top four. But then when we asked him for his prediction, he said that we're going to finish top four. So that's, <laughs> that's quite interesting. So I know what would be your prediction for Arsenal? Yes, uh, my prediction is again going to be fourth. <laughs> so three, three, three people going for fourth position. Yeah. So three years back, yeah, three years back, like there were jokes all, like there were memes everywhere, like Wenger was married to fourth. I mean, it was a joke then, like because we were trying to win the title then. Now fourth is a good thing for us. So uh, why I say this, like. What I'm going to say is like Liverpool and Manchester City, one of those two are winning the league. They go there in a different league and they're going to finish one and two. So, Bori, there goes our fans today and their thoughts and opinions about where the teams will finish. I'm a little unsure how we're going to have a three-way race for fourth place. What do you think is going to happen for fourth position? I, I honestly don't think... Um, I, I think that's going to be a surprise this season. I think one of Wolves, West Ham... Uh, Everton will actually finish top four. That is my personal prediction. Obviously, I could be wrong, but I don't see Arsenal in fourth place or United in fourth place. Um, United could finish uh, uh, third place, um, but I, I think I reserve that position for for Tottenham. Um, but I still think top four will have one of the small teams, um, and, and I'm actually going to probably give it to Wolves uh, this season. That would, that would actually be a, a successful. I mean, they had a very remarkable season last year coming out of the championship and now playing in the UEFA Cup, the UEFA League, which is the Europa League, I should say, which is no mean feat. So we'll have to see how much progress they can make given the quality of personnel they have on the squad and how that translates into the league position at the end of the season. So with that, we're going to wrap up the fans next door session. I really want to thank Ethan and Anoop for making time out of their time to be able to be here today and just help us look forward. By us, I mean us and our friends that listen to the show. Help us look forward to the season. The three-way race that we're going to see in fourth place, which looks like the consensus that we get in this interview with these guys. We're very grateful for having you guys and hopefully we have an enjoyable season. One to look forward to. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. Thank you.